1: Hello and welcome everyone to episode 13 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast. Our round week 8 suspension episode, I think that's where we're on right now. Time's just just disappearing from us very quickly. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Blue Milk from when other milk just won't do... No, wait, no, sorry. This episode is brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing Patreon community that helps support the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast. If you couldn't tell, this is our special May the 4th Star Wars episode. Woo! I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by Michael Denton and Blaine Riffle, my partners in Geekdom? Star Wars? A Galaxy Far, Far Away? I don't know what. Welcome, guys. Oh, we got four people. Welcome. Oh, snap. Oh, nice. <laughs> Mike's got the lightsaber uh, for those of you it listening to It is doing crazy
0: us. things in this virtual background. It right is.
1: Now. It's going nuts. <laughs> uh, I may turn mine off in a second. For those of you who are listening to us and haven't checked out the, the YouTube recording, Mike does have a little lightsaber and he's got a cool Millennium Falcon background. I opted for a rebel base background sort of like MLS Fantasy Insider Studio is what I was going for so I've got a nice little resistance rebel I think this is more resistance-esque base going on and Blaine has gone for a Boba Fett attacking picture so it's sort of like one of those weird president pictures that you see of of like Washington D.C. riding a grizzly bear with an eagle on his shoulder that kind of thing but it's Boba Fett uh, going out and doing that kind of stuff so that's that's what we got in the background. Check that out if you would like to see. I may change mine in a second. I always find this virtual background Zoom stuff to not work so well with yeah, the chair that I have. It's
0: messing with yours a, Maybe I need to be f- I don't know if it's the chair or what.
1: Further back, closer um, to, I don't know, I'll, I'll fool with it later. I'll probably take it away. Did you gonna say something,
2: Blaine? Oh, it, it's the number of colors behind you. Mine does it some, too.
1: Ah, we just and- need a green screen.
2: Yeah, and I was doing this with a co-worker, and his walls are close to the same color as his forehead with the light above him. So every background he put came over his forehead.
1: Ooh, fun. Uh, yeah. We'll see. Maybe that's that's what... Hey, Blaine's got his new microphone tonight.
2: Yeah, no more big headset.
1: No more headset. Fun times, fun times. Ooh. Although I still do rock the headset uh, or the, the headphones just to keep the, the sound
0: under control. I've got control. The Apple... Ed headphones like a yeah, yeah airplane doing something weird.
2: I've got yeah I've got cheap one dollar headset here. here <laughs> whatever
0: works. works, whatever
1: works. Uh, well, like we said at the top of the show tonight is our May the Fourth Star Wars special. I don't think we did this last year. Maybe maybe not the last two years. We took a little break from the Star Wars content. kept it kept it all on soccer fantasy focus. But right now there is no soccer to focus on. Everyone is. Uh, hopefully staying healthy at home during this, this strange coronavirus time that we have going on with us right now. Uh, everything is starting to open up slowly all around the country, I believe. Uh, I, th- I don't think anyone stopped. I think everything's slowly opening. So with hope, we are going to be through this very soon and uh, back to MLS and back to our regular content. But this is still our main goal. It, sorry. Providing a mental health release is still our main goal for this podcast Right now, and we just decided to bring back the Star Wars episode because we all love it, as I'm sure is no secret to anyone listening. Uh, I know today, if you caught me on Twitter, I took the day off of work, uh, mostly because it's Star Wars Day and it's an extra special day for me, since so it's the anniversary of my wife and my first date. Uh, but also, I was maxed out on vacation time, so it was it was a good excuse to to do that as well. But I was live tweeting during my rewatch of the original tw- trilogy and i had at least one tweet sent to me saying are you live tweeting star wars and i was like yes so uh maybe that might have not have been the content that everybody wanted but it was what happened today and uh that's a fun reaction those of you who interacted was very fun I hope you guys enjoyed that uh, you know we all should have watched a different trilogy that would have been that would have been the thing to do if we had if we had planned that out better but, well, see, we'll I see. was
0: trying to... I, I started um, Revenge of the Sith on Friday after watching the new Clone Wars episode that came out then. Mm. Um, and I made it... So so my trilogy was Revenge of the Sith, New Hope, Empire Strikes Backs And I was going to do um, Return of the Jedi today, but didn't get to it because of work. But probably after I'm done with this, that's what I'll do.
1: That is fair. That is a good a good viewing. Did you watch anything today, Blaine?
0: Yeah, I
2: watched more Mandalorian today. There you go.
1: On topic for what we're going to discuss tonight. Very good. Speaking of being on topic for what we're going to discuss tonight, what are we going to discuss tonight? Well, <laughs> what we are going to cover is, with uh, we hope, we're going to stay within an hour. We've done pretty well with doing that recently, but tonight's different. Uh, but we're going to try to keep within an hour. Our goal is uh, three, three basic topics. One is we're going to cover uh, 16 Star Wars questions. Mike sent this out um, two days ago. Is that what it was, Mike?
0: Yesterday. I I've, I've saw someone posted it, uh, Veer's Watch, which is one of the funnest uh, Star Wars accounts. Uh, I tweeted this picture out, and so I jumped on it and uh, redid it, and uh, a few other people did it. So uh, we'll do it on the podcast.
1: Yes. Uh, so we're, it's made by um, uh, Roman Seger Shield. There we go. And uh, at Roman Seger Shield on twitter and it is 16 the star wars challenge 16 questions and we're going to cover kind of quickly mike and i already shared blamed it and we'll go through that fairly quickly we have i guess kind of a 17th question on here it came up as i was live tweeting that mike's like we got to talk about this it's a special edition-esque question and then finally we're going to wrap up with mandalorian some bridge soccer content we're going to try to identify mls not just players, but personalities who fit with some of the characters in the new Mandalorian series that is out on Disney+. Plus. So that's our tie-in. We still have some soccer going on. Uh, but we have more. I think there, there were a several uh, leagues. Not leagues. There were several teams. There we go. That had some May the 4th Star Wars content. Uh, some of it was just basic, like FC Cincinnati, just May the 4th be with you. That was great. Some of it was awesome, like the New England Revolution, who I believe always go out for for Star Wars Day, if, if memory serves. Mm-hmm. But uh, they had some fun uh, videos posted of their players auditioning, air quotes there, for those of you listening on the podcast, uh, for different Star Wars characters and, and reading lines. So that was very funny. Andrew Farrell did. Uh, was uh, in that and uh, it was it was some good content to look for that as well always fun to see teams do stuff i think uh, the red bulls also did something um and then was it new york city mike or was it fire who did something
0: no there was a a video a few years ago with sean johnson where he just stops the ball using the force there we go um i mean that doesn't surprise me Uh, as a new york City fan i see that pretty much all the time uh, off the u.s's best (laughs) keeper so uh yeah i mean it was just good to you know to see that connected to Star Wars that Sean Johnson is in fact a Jedi and has Jedi
1: powers. Uh, well, if you are joining us tonight in chat, feel free to answer these questions along with us. We're going to start with the the Star Wars 16-question challenge. And uh, the first question is your favorite trilogy, Mike.
0: I mean, it's still the original trilogy. I mean, as, as we go on in this conversation, y'all realize that I like the sequel trilogy a lot more than the other two people in this room. He does.
1: But, <laughs> he does. Um, I had a small breakthrough today, but we'll cover that probably later on too, but...
0: Yeah um but i mean it's it's the original trilogy it's the one that uh, i mean you know for us it's the one that we grew up in Uh, Mm -hmm. i think it's the one that set the stage um even if you uh, especially i think the movies i think the trilogy of the original is probably the best set of movies as opposed to the others i think there may be some conversation about whether the prequel era is better than the um original era whatnot but regardless the movies themselves put anyone in front of it it's it's the original trilogy
1: yeah no i agree um for for me as i said this morning when i started everything off i don't remember the first time i ever saw saw star wars but i do remember being 12 or 13 i i know that age because it was the third house that we lived in when i was little and we didn't move there until i was 12 so it it was around that, that age, 12, 13, and I remember recording a Star Wars marathon onto VHS tapes from the USA Network um, nice. and everything there, so I, I don't know where those are. They might still be at my parents' house, <laughs> but I do remember that, and I do, so it has to be the original trilogy. This will be the format with you guys, Mike and myself, since we've already answered these, and then we'll finish with you, Blaine, so favorite trilogy.
2: Yeah, um, original trilogy. I was in that young enough age bracket that I was, what, eight nine when they re-released in theaters so i went with my dad to see them all in theaters and it's you can't beat that when your first viewing is in theaters or i don't think it was actually my first viewing i think i stole the tapes out of my dad's um movie closet (laughs) and watched them all before that but i didn't know what i was watching so like the first time i actually understood it was at that time and in theaters and you just you're never going to beat that when you get to see something that iconic in theaters for the first time yeah
1: uh question two Favorite couple, Mike.
0: So I had to think about this one for a while. Um, the answer I put down last night was Rey and Kylo. Um, that could probably change, you know, day by day. Um, I really like the Rey and Kylo couple. Uh, it's one of the more interesting couples to me in Star Wars. There's a lot more drama, intention um, behind it. Um, other was it a little bit ahead of Han and Leia for me, uh, whereas Han and Leia is just kind of a uh, oh girl, girl likes the bad guy. Um, I, I just thought uh, Ray and Kylo was a little bit more in depth, so I, I went with Ray and Kylo. Uh,
1: for myself, I went with Han and Leia. Uh, for a lot of these, we stayed with the movies. I think that was the intent. So if we do yeah, branch that's what out, I, that's how yeah. I interpreted it. Uh, if we do branch out, we'll we'll mention that too. But I still think I like I like Han and Leia a lot. There, I mean, uh, Luke and Mara are fun. They have some great. If you're going to the the old EU, that's that's good. Uh, and then and then Wedge. And um, name escapes me—Timmons, Wexley, uh, Wedge, and his new wife. That's pretty good in some of the 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 new, new Resistance and some of the new books, right there. But for me, keeping it with the Star Wars classic movies—it's uh, it's it's Han and Leia. I just like the chemistry, plain.
2: Yeah. I'm with Mike. If we're going to stick with the movies, I kind of liked Ray and Kylo. I thought that was one of the better storylines and there was a lot of potential there. But the first thing I wrote down when I was doing this was a uh, Luke and Mara was my first one. And then I almost felt bad when I did that because then I remembered Obi Wan and Satine from Clone Wars. And that relationship was just outstanding to watch. And if you're going to go screen based, that's probably my favorite in all of star Wars. Yeah. But that's, that's a with, good point. Yeah. Sticking with the movies. It, um, Ray and Kylo just had so much going on, and so much. There was so much heart between those, and you could really tell they were trying to build that up more than just Han and Leia. It's like, oh, male character, female character. um, We got to put somebody together for a romance arc, and here you go.
1: Mm, Felt it was forced. Didn't care for those two. Uh, Favorite character from the original trilogy, Mike?
0: Uh Um. before I do that, I'll just throw out some other, like, non-TV uh, sure, sure. couples that I like. Um, I like Izzy and Jules from Crash of Fate. It's one of the um, canon books about uh, bot I am repping Black Spire Outpost um, today. Also would mention the couple from Lost Stars. I don't remember the name off the top of my head. Um, that's a pretty good romance. Oh,
1: okay. oh, you're right. Yeah, that whole Romeo and yeah. Juliet there, right there. No, that's, yeah, that's fantastic.
0: Um, all right, so you asked for original character, um... From the, uh, tr- from the original trilogy, favorite character? Yes. All right. Um, for, for me, it's Luke Skywalker. Um, I've always connected with Luke. Um, my dad died when I was very young, so boy growing up without a dad. He's always connected with me. Now, as I've grown older and older, I appreciate Han more and more. Uh, love some Han Solo, but uh, I, I just can't uh, abandon my my roots. And I thought I was like, Luke.
1: Uh, for myself, it's Wedge Antilles. I've always loved Wedge Antilles. Period. Not just of the the first movies, but from everything the entire. The entire universe, uh, which is my favorite, he's just awesome. I like, I gravitate towards characters who are awesome without the force and just based on their own skills. So, I mean, I, I like Wedge, I like Han, I like Boba Fett, all those types of people, but uh, I don't know, I've just always loved Wedge because not many people have two Death Stars painted on the side of their X Wing. So, Wedge and Tilly's <laughs> for me, Blaine,
2: yeah, uh, Boba Fett. I mean, if you couldn't tell by the background and everything else, yeah. I just I grew up in that era where Boba Fett was everywhere and it just I never grew out of it.
1: That's fair. You got it. I read today that George Lucas made a comment, I don't know, maybe this was in the middle two thousands or something like that, but in ten years or so ago, George Lucas made a comment of he didn't expect Boba Fett to be so popular amongst fans and that had he known that he would have given him a better death. So, uh, which he later in 2014 sort of reneged and say, now nah, he's still alive. So, uh, it's canon. It's canonical that Fett survived Sarlacc. So
0: yeah. See, see, George Lucas does that, but like, oh wait, y'all like Darth Maul. Guess what? Darth Maul is back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's okay. Oh, Boba Fett. Oh, who's that? There's Spurs in the Mandalorian.
1: Ooh. <laughs> uh, favorite character from the prequels, Mike. Uh,
0: favorite characters from the prequels. Um, I mean, it's got to be Obi-Wan, right? I mean, Ewan McGregor, um, just the sarcastic, smart-aleck remarks that he makes. Um, I-, I mean, the prequel memes pretty much exists as an ode to the greatness of Obi-Wan in the prequels. So, uh, it's, it's got to be Obi-Wan. So, I'd agree if I'm stuck
1: to the movies, I would probably say... Obi Wan. What what gives me pause here is if I think of prequels, I wanna add in the Clone Wars series sure. as well to it. So if I get to add in the Clone Wars, I'm gonna go with one of the clones. I, I don't know if it's gonna be Rex or Cody. Probably it's gonna be like Fives or one of those mm-hmm. those troopers that you meet early on and you kinda of get him back and forth. Mm-hmm. But it's it's gonna be one of those guys of my favorite characters because I, I do really like the clones and a lot of the lines that they get. And even and even with Rex getting him back in uh, later on with with old Rex and the old clones as well so that's that's some fun stuff right there so I like those clones.
2: Blaine? Yeah, for me, if you're going to stick with the movies, it was Obi-Wan easily uh, I like Alec Guinness as an actor from other things he's done besides Star Wars and obi-wan or ewan mcgregor's obi-wan just felt like a younger version of alec guinness's character and you can see well. where he grew up into this other character on screen played by somebody completely different and it just it made too much sense and that was it was just masterfully portrayed um but if i'm going to go clone wars and add in the whole era uh, count dooku becomes one of the one of my favorite characters there's just so much heart and passion behind that character, and so many different things that he's done, and falling away, and still holding on to a lot of his morals and principles. Just he went full on to the dark side, and you can. There's a lot of conflict in that character that's really fun to dive into.
0: Have you read um, or listened to Dooku Lost?
2: No, I haven't yet. That's oh, on my man. list. Oh, yeah, man. yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, that's uh, um, if I'll throw out just a um, non-movie character. Uh, or, I mean, technically, it's in the movies, but it gets more explored um, in Queen Shadow. Uh, S- Sabe, um, the character who's played by Kira Knightley, it's the bodyguard who usually doubles oh. with. Um, uh, that's a really interesting character to me, the, the, the do The Swamp. Um, and I think she's actually getting explored more now in the Darth Vader comics. Um, Darth Vader has met with her after confusing her with Padme. So um, <laughs> interesting character to keep an eye out.
1: And that, of course, brings us to number five: favorite sequel character, Mike.
0: Oh, uh, I mean, for for me, it's it's Kylo Ren. Um, probably one of the best characters as a character, just interesting dilemma, um, and you know, conflict within them. Uh, Adam Driver does a masterful job of playing him. Um, you know, even even I think most people who don't like the sequels think that what it good is in the sequels mostly comes from Adam Driver. Just absolutely love. Just really interesting um, dilemma coming from you know all of this expectations turning to the exact opposite. Uh, It's it's you you can go. I keep going on and on about what Kylo Ren how interesting he is. Um, But so Kylo Ren.
1: So let me preface this with I do not dislike Adam Driver. Um, I I saw him in Black Klansman and I thought he did a fantastic job. So I I do like. Adam Driver, I hate Kylo Ren. I hate his portrayal of Kylo Ren. I think he is uh, a whiny, spoiled brat and is nothing more than that ever, and I can't stand it. I absolutely, that he is one of the worst parts of me, for me, of the entire sequel trilogy. Uh, my favorite character is Babu Frick. Hey, hey. Uh Babu Frick is my favorite character from the, the sequels. He's in the last movie, which is my favorite of the new movies as well. And I just love that entire scene with him when he's there reprogramming C3PO. And C3PO's like, Who are you? And he's like, I'm Barber. And it's, I just, it's, I just love it. I just love him. I love these weird characters. And and I love Babu Frick so much. And when I thought he is, he died, I almost cried. And he doesn't, and he did not. And uh, that's, we'll do that one later on.
2: But yes, Babu Frick is my favorite character, Blaine. Um, yeah, I actually went with Luke from the sequel trilogy. Fair. Um, mm. I like. I'm a, I'm a Ryan Johnson fanboy anyway. I love all his other movies. Um, this Star Wars or Last Jedi was probably one of his weaker movies, but I love the direction he took Luke. It was a complex way to look at the Jedi and really made fans ask questions about the Jedi Order. And being kind of a Jedi hater anyway, it was really nice to see <laughs> Luke take that role. And I know I know it upset a lot of fans but I thought it was probably one of the best written characters in in the sequel trilogy. It wasn't a popular take but it was really well done with how it was executed. It made Luke one of the more interesting characters to explore and see on screen.
1: My my least favorite part about this these three questions asking about favorite characters is I couldn't say Thrawn for one of them because <laughs> like deep down in my soul like he's the only person who could give Wedge a run for his money as far as my favorite overall character. But, I mean those those two characters right there one and two for me overall. So I wish that I could give Thrawn something for that, but uh, expanded universe character for sure is Thrawn for me. Uh, favorite trio, Mike.
0: I mean, to me, it's Luke, Han, and Leia. Um, I I think the way the movies develop, I think they get the most time to kind of develop and have have that friendship. Um, They they try to kind of give it a little bit, um, you know, to the trio of Poe, Ray, and Finn um, in, you know, Rise of Skywalker, but because of the way that, you know, The Force Awakens left off at a cliffhanger, I don't think they ever really got in that time to really develop the way the original trio did um and i just think there's just so much strength to all three of those characters um it's just hard to beat that trio
1: and i assume that the prequel trio is supposed to be obi-wan anakin and padme
0: i guess i've i've seen some other people have some different ones in there but okay. I mean, that's that, that's what i would guess
1: i mean that's what's hard for me i have to go with luke leia and han as well uh I just, with that huge age jump between Anakin, I just doesn't feel like the same trio to me with that big jump of time between between the Phantom Menace and everything else. So I I just, I just don't care much for that. I almost thought about. I did going, see
0: some people put um, Anakin, Obi Wan, and um, Qui Gon, Soka.
1: Oh, okay. But if, if you kind of use <clears throat>
0: the Clone Wars um, okay. inclusion, <clears throat> you can kind of get that trio.
1: Expand to some of that. Yeah, that I could see that. I could see that going. Um, but yeah, I mean. Luke Lee, and Han it it does some good work. I don't think the chemistry and the trio and the sequels is enjoyable at all either. So um, there's that. Blaine.
2: Yeah, um, I actually went with uh, Snow Cucks and Kylo. I thought in oh. I thought there was a lot of okay. fun that could have been had with those three. I think it was a lot of lost potential there for the with the way the movies went, but as far as the way they started and really through two movies, they they look really good to play off of each other and there was so much potential um it just seemed too cliche to do lukan and leia and that was just (laughs) that was just everybody loves them the other one that i was thinking of and they didn't really get a ton of time together was i like yoda mace and obi-wan together with the council okay and the way they the way they kinda lead it, but you get more of Yoda and Mace working together and then Obi Wan getting snippets here and there with yeah. them. But I really like those three pairing because you've got the two leaders of the council with the one master who's you know it's built around the prophecy. So you've got that bridge between the prophecy and the council and everything right there. And just a lot of fun can be had with those three. Yeah, I would have I liked it better
1: out. if it was favorite duo. Uh, I mean, this was separate than couple. Like couple, I took as romantic. Like I think there are a lot yeah. more duos you could talk about than necessarily trios you can talk about. So,
0: I'll throw out a, another trio, kind of oddball trio instead of just the typical uh, Luke, Han, and Leia. I'll go with um, Tarkin, Krennic, and Darth Vader in Rogue One. I just mm. think their interplay—that's uh, fun. Is yeah, so much fun.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's one, I mean, I guess you could go with Jen Cassian, and uh, K... What's his name? K2SO? Uh, K2, yeah. So that could be a fun one. I That actually would probably be a good one for me right there. I, I did enjoy Rogue One a lot. That, uh, that
0: duo of Cassian and K2SO yeah. is, by itself makes me excited for that series. Yeah,
1: no, that's a fantastic one. Favorite friendship, Mike? Uh,
0: my favorite friendship is C-3PO and R2-D2. Um, just, I mean, the way that R2-D2 can like, make fun of C-3PO with just a series of beeps, doesn't need to be translated, is just hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just watching them in the beginning of A New Hope and then bicker like a bunch of old married couples, just like, you want to go which way? It's just, it's just too much
1: fun. To yeah, no, I I agree with that. Their their friendship lasts all the movies. It's absolutely fantastic. And a couple of things really stood out to me when I was rewatching today the original trilogy. the The scene when R two is purchased, is R two is not purchased, and C 3 PO is purchased, and C three PO turns back and looks at R two, and just knows that he doesn't want to leave but he has to leave and just like accepting this fate so reluctantly that was i just love that so much and then i love the scene on java sail barge when c-3po bumps into r2 and he's like what are you doing here and r2 beeps back at him he's like well i can see that you're selling drinks and so it's just like this buddy comedy movie right there where they're in the middle of this jailbreak and he's like what are you doing he's like i'm selling drinks what does it look like i'm doing just completely (laughs) in character he's like what and clueless so yes i love them so much um quick shout out to fpl integrity in the chat how you doing uh blaine your your favorite friendship
2: um really it was bb8 and anybody i mean he had a great interplay with finn and he and ray were ate up the screen when they were together and even his runs with poe were a lot of fun i just i thought anybody bb8 made friends with and was willing to be friends like that it just it made for a lot of fun fun times on screen and I I love C-3PO and R2-D2 playing off of each other but BB-8 was just so much more expressive and I know that's more modern filmmaking but I just I saw much more expression out of him as a droid mm-hmm. and so I, I gave the nod to him and anybody he was paired up with at the time because he kind of bounced around and didn't really have a sidekick so maybe that's not being quite fair but it's okay it just, I don't know he just he stole the show in The Friendship and just, I, yeah, I just like that one
1: uh, Favorite droid this is maybe pretty similar, Mike
0: uh, For me it's R2-D2 um, he's the one I grew up with I, I think his expressions and humor um, They, uh, I like BB-8 as far as his emotions but I thought it was always like the humor and kind of dropping jokes I think you always got that more from R2-D2 um, and then of course the fact that he's throughout the whole trilogy uh, is, is really cool
1: yeah, that would uh, that would also be my pick. It, it would have to be it'd be R two D two for for the same reasons I already mentioned, the same reasons you're talking about as well. Uh, I also really liked the little droid from Fallen Order in in the video game series. There.
0: Oh yeah, bd um, one.
1: B, B D one. Yeah, he he was really fun, but no R two D two for me. Uh, the easy number one, Blaine. Yeah, it's cliche,
2: but R two really is your best. Oh. oh, I thought you were gonna go BB eight. Okay. No, no, no. Like <laughs> BB eight was just fun to watch, but like R two D two is just a classic one, and everybody sure. loves him. For sure. Um, that's the cliche. The other, the other two I like a lot. Like IG eighty eight, just because he's a bounty hunter. Like IG eighty eight, it's a fun character. But then the one that nobody, well. We're, we're getting away from movies but chopper has probably the most yeah. attitude of any oh, in yeah, yeah. the series in all of star wars even more than r2 so chopper, chopper is, is awesome yeah Chopper's way up there but i mean r2 got all the screen time and most of those other guys either have to go to extended universe or just like ig88s in one scene in the entire movie series
1: mm-hmm. well more um, if you count when he's being used as a still in the cantina so
2: well yeah
0: <laughs> um if we're going to um outside the films i'll also throw out triple zero um he is a black um colored protocol droid um and so he's like c-3po if c-3po was a murderous sociopath um which <laughs> is hilarious <laughs> uh
1: so number nine who would be your jedi master mike
0: so i'm kind of assuming if it's from uh dooku loss and some of the other canon materials they kind of imply uh i think it's master implied too. Um, that the Jedi Council kind of sets up um, masters to be kind of the opposites of their apprentices. So I'm very much a rule follower. I think they would have set me up with Qui-Gon Jinn to learn how to break some rules. <laughs>
1: um, I might have taken the the easy out or done the, the weird answer this time, Blaine. Uh, but I would not have a Jedi Master. I've never liked the Jedi. I've never i never cared for the force. I'm probably one of the, i not the only Star Wars fan who, who loves Star Wars, but just doesn't really care for the force element much at all. So I would not have a Jedi master because I would not be a Jedi or a force user at all. Blaine.
2: Yeah. My exact answer was the Jedi are evil. The Jedi so, are evil. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've never been a huge fan of the Jedi. I mean, as soon as the prequel trilogy started coming out, it started poking holes in their entire philosophy and I just, I couldn't do it. Um I if you pair it up with opposites, like that that makes it so tough because you get a loyalist, I would probably fall kinda of where Anakin does with Obi Wan, trying to keep me from going down that path, but no, I just I don't think I could do it.
1: I guess it's too harsh when I say I don't like the Jedi. It's I just I just think the force is lame, so that's really where I where I come down on. So I would not have one. Uh, favorite lightsaber color, Mike. Blue. Ooh. <laughs> there he goes uh again don't care for the force but my favorite color is blue so i would also say blue uh close toss up i guess purple revan was a purple lightsaber so that's that's cool but uh blue blaine
2: yeah blue there we go it's a classic classic right there
1: mike light side or dark side light side i agree i pick light side i've always liked the the good guys and I do that in quotes because I know Blaine's opinion on some of these things but I've always liked the good guys I like the Transformers not the Septicons I like G.I. Joe not Cobra I like the Rebe- the Rebellion not the Empire so light side Blaine uh Gray okay I,
2: I mean yeah I he's a Bendu yeah they I don't think the movies ever did him justice but the rest of the canon did talk about it a little bit there were a couple of Jedi in the Jedi Order Master and Apprentice that were more along the lines of gray and i think qui-gon was flirting with that too for quite a while
1: mm. number 12 this should be these next two should be fun number 12 most overrated character Mike. so
0: for me um that's got to be master yoda um and, and he's overrated because he's presented to so many people as like oh he's the founder of wisdom but so many of the movies are like master yoda is wrong like, Master Yoda is the one who gets the army from Kamino. Um, and that was a bad decision. And the theme of the prequels is the Jedi should not have gotten a clone army because that was the tool of their own destruction. Then in Return of the Jedi, Yoda is like, no, don't go. Uh, our Empire Strikes Back, you'll you'll be gone. You have to kill Vader, blah, 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 blah. That was all wrong. So I, to, to me, it's Yoda. I think the only thing that he, he gets right is towards the end, is, which is, you know, you have to pass on your failures and learn from your failures in The Last Jedi. And that's true because Yoda has a lot of failures, but people don't seem to understand that. So that's why he's here.
1: So this is a tough one for me because I definitely think a lot of the characters in the sequel series are overrated. Um, ultimately. So some of the names I, I went back and forth in my head, uh, Job of the Hutt was definitely one that I went, that I went over. Uh, I did think about Kylo and I already ranted about him a second ago, but ultimately uh, I went with Snoke as the most over. Rated character because I feel like there was this huge buildup for him in episode seven, and then episode eight comes along, and he's just so unceremoniously just uninter. I guess it was slightly interesting, but just just the way he was killed with having relatively little impact. I I just found that his whole arc was overrated because he was just so underused, right there. Um, so Snoke for me, Blaine.
2: Um. I mean, if you go purely off of trailers, Phasma was the first one to come to mind. I mean, um, built up in the trailers is this big character and almost no screen time. Like there was nothing there. And then even when she was there, she did very little of note throughout the whole thing. Besides paint that the first order you're evil. But the real one that I just, I I can't stand watching him is Finn. I I just, I don't, I don't resonate with that story arc, the character arc. I don't. I know there's character development there i know i can find i can see it it but i just i thought the execution on that whole character arc was just bad i mean he's wanting to desert and i know that's johnson's writing again there but even the redeeming qualities he just kind of oh he tried to desert and then all of a sudden he bounces back like it's just all over the place and i think that comes from having the two different directors and no thought out plan for the characters it's just great ideas behind him but the execution was so bad yeah. that it's really hard to take a lot away from watching Finn because it was he was a really three minds through the three different movies and that just that killed him as a character.
1: Yeah, not my favorite either. Uh I would I would put Phasma as the the character most wasted. I mean, right along there Boba Fett <laughs> was too. I mean, the only thing you ever really see him do is get hit in the back with the uh, by a blind Han Solo he doesn't doesn't do a whole lot more in a lot of that but in that same vein but I, know, I think Phasma was h- horribly wasted of a character especially mm-hmm. after reading the novel about her uh, but for sure right there so now the most underrated character Mike
0: oh man well I'm tempted to defend Finn from the attack <laughs> the <guy> to just <laughs> um but I, mean, I, but really I'm a, I, I went I, I went with Ray. Um, and It's mostly because people pile on Ray and say that she's a Mary Sue, but I, I really like her. I think she, she represents a lot of Star Wars fandom just from the start. Um, sitting there in you know, some squalid circumstances, just kind of putting on a rebel helmet and just looking up to the sky and dreaming of what could be. Um, and, and throughout the whole movies, I think she manages to be very kind and she's a kind of very simple, very easy acts of kindness, not something that's super crazy, heroic or unbelievable. Just being kind to the people that she meets, um, even though she doesn't have necessarily any incentive to do so, um, that's that's how she ends up changing the galaxy. So people just pile on her. Um, I really enjoy her, so that's why I think she is underrated.
1: Uh, so for me, again, I went with, with Wedge again. Uh, I felt like I kind of had to after singing his praises earlier on as my favorite original trilogy character. And I do that because he was survived the first death star one of three Starfighters that made it out took a direct hit to help to help shield Luke, and then got to leave i then you see him in hoth just briefly actually takes down one of the the walkers on his own he and jansen take one down surviving right there uh, and escapes again and then participates in directly destroying the second death star as well surviving that crazy firefight and doing some some great flying during it all so uh, then he comes back again in in the final movie to help out with the falcon shooting shooting down people so uh wedge for me is an underrated character just because i i feel like he has played big roles in very important points in the Star wars universe uh but has just been largely just overlooked unless you have been a fan of the old eu
2: x-wing novels blame yeah this one was tough because a lot of the characters i, I didn't I had trouble finding one, but I really thought Hux was the one that was just underutilized, and it just it really showed. I mean, he was the equal of Kylo to start the series. Um, then they made him the butt of the jokes and really just kind of neutered the character. So a little bit of both, and then they bring him back for the third one, and he does even more shenanigans. Like, just there was so much potential with this character, and even the way he was executed, it wasn't poorly done all the time it's just yeah just under underappreciated there was uh, he had so much power and I think people forget that and the way he was played off of Kylo was just huge for Kylo's story arc too
1: I can see that I can see that Uh, one more dig on Finn for me he was the, the Jar Jar Binks of the sequel series moving on to question number 14 your favorite ship Mike
0: uh, it's the X-wing for me. Uh, X-wings. Uh, I just, t- to me, my favorite um, kind of scene and sequence in all of Star Wars is the trench one. Um, it's just so iconic. Uh, as much as I love the Millennium Falcon, I even have it behind me. Um, the, the X-wing and just you know, open lock X-folds in attack position is just so too, too iconic for me to pass up.
1: Love, love the X-wing. Sort of in the same thought for me. Uh, if. If I have to stay with the movies, I'm going to go with X-Wing as well. Because I do I do love that that ship so much. If I get to actually talk about my favorite ship, it's from the old EU. Uh, maybe this is in the new EU. Not this specific ship. No, no. This this class ship definitely is. So it is the Surosub Quasar Fire Class Bulk Cruiser. It's a giant triangle with a docking bay that holds 48 fighters. It's just a flying carrier. And I love it in uh, the specific one called The Flurry. Uh, from from the Invasion of Bakura book series in, in the old EU. But I don't know. I, I love Starfighters. I love the idea of just this flying carrier that just dumps all these Starfighters. It looks really cool with a wedge shape, and I have a Micro Machine figure of it from back in the day. So uh, The Flurry is my actual one, but movie-based is X-Wing. Blaine.
2: Yeah, I know with my background, everybody's going to expect me to say Slave 1, and that ship is awesome. But ever since I was a kid, the TIE Interceptor has been my all-time favorite. I mean you take everything about a tie it no armor nimble fast and you you crank it up to 11 and that's what the interceptor was just I've played too many of the battlefront games battlefront 2 when they added ships like getting in an interceptor and running around and just blowing up other ships and going dogfighting like that was that is probably my favorite all-out dog fighter in the star wars universe and it's yeah, nothing's ever gonna top that. Even being a Boba fan, Slave One has nothing on an Interceptor.
1: How about the Defender? I'd go with the Defender over an Interceptor.
2: See, I just I, I love the speed, like the insane speed of the Interceptor, and those those triangle wings. Like, there's just something about the way those look mm-hmm. that is just unbelievable. All right, number fifteen, Mike's saddest death.
0: Uh, I went with uh, Han Solo's death in The Force Awakens. Okay. Um, I, I think it's the saddest death because you can really see Kylo struggling with it um, and, and you really see the breaking of you know for, for Leia for Han and for Kylo in, in that scene and it's just like you were so close to doing it differently and it's, it's, it's really tragic I, mean, I think there's a reason um, why one of the most uh, praised scenes in Rise of Skywalker is when Kylo redoes that scene in his head uh, it was because it was so meaningful. Um, and it just had Han putting his hand on the cheek and still managing to show, like, look, I, I love you, son. Nothing's going to separate us. I- I- that was just so, so deep. I was like, oh no, we lost Han.
1: <laughs> I think for me, that one lost impact because you just knew it was coming. And so it, it lost a lot of impact for- or emotion for me. The death that actually made me cry didn't actually end up being a death. When I thought Chewbacca was killed, I actually cried. I—I uh, I don't know if I should be ashamed to admit that or not. But part of that was also some anger, just the way that I thought that they killed him. Um, so there was just—there's been some very unceremonious deaths in the sequel series that I have not appreciated at all, and that one actually made me upset. Uh, he did not die, so that was—I I guess I can't really go with that one. But today, rewatching. Return of the Jedi, the Ewok dying in the Forest of Endor when the AT-ST shoots the two Ewoks running and one of them gets back up, reaches over to grab his friend oh. who is dead and then turns around and collapses on him crying. That one, that, that one gets me. That one gets me. So the saddest actual death for me is the Ewok on Endor. Um, the one that actually made me cry was, was Chewbacca. And the one that made me the most <laughs> mad is Akbar. That was horrible. That was, that was a horribly mm-hmm. unceremonious death for Akbar. Um, Blaine.
2: Yeah, um, Kylo's death was the one that really got me the most, and it's a play off of the other uh, the other trilogies. Like Luke's trying to save Vader at the end, and the whole the whole thing kind of becomes a uh, can we redeem Vader? And I like that idea, but Vader sacrificing himself was great. Um, and I know they tried to play it up with Kylo that way, but to end this off I really wanted to see Kylo come out of it and that's what I think that's what hurt the most on that one is they had done all this redemption storyline for him and they had built him up that he was coming out of it and he had really found love if you want to take that as the romance side of it and to take that away from him sucked but to take that take him away from Rey like that was what really hurt the way those two had bonded and the way she had saved him and yeah he died on the light side but it's just, there was so much they could have done there with that. And I wish he would have survived that one because that one just did it. That one just did it in for me. I couldn't do it now, Mike on your death. I want to derail it a little bit. When you first saw it, uh, did you think Kylo killed Han or did you think Han killed himself?
0: I think Kylo killed him.
2: See, and on first watch. I thought Han killed or Han killed himself. I thought that was no. a sacrifice he was willing to make, and it's just it was the way it was the way the facial expressions worked and everything. I really thought that um, Han had done it himself because he didn't want Kylo to have one more murder on his hands, especially not his father's. Like I just thought Han would make that sacrifice. He knew he was going to die either way, and that Han would do it to himself to make sure Kylo can't pull the trigger on that one.
1: Mm-hmm. And no, that was I just the
2: way nice. I saw it. That's mm-hmm. the way I saw it the first time so I have to ask
1: nope
2: <laughs> so, okay final then, because saddest death I wanted to go because you said one made you mad do you guys oh, yeah. have any deaths that pissed you off because I've got two that really pissed Akbar. me off and they weren't Akbar yeah, made me mad Mike do you have one
0: uh give me a second why don't you go with yours and i yeah um, I also didn't so care for Mike, the
2: way they killed Snap either
0: yeah Snap
2: really pissed me off the way they threw away Snap and then Nia Nub. I think he didn't make it out of that battle either. I don't
1: know. No, I've heard was that he, he, he was he was on Corp. No, it, it was Tana 4. He was on Tana 4, and I've it seen mix. It does not mix. crash. Yes. It, I,
0: I've watched it 100 times. It does not crash. I know Ray Carson, who did the novelization, thinks it does, but even in her novelization, she doesn't technically say that it crashes. So as far as I'm concerned, Nine Nub lives.
2: <laughs> okay. Like, I hope he lives, because, I mean, you cannot throw away an iconic character like that no, that sure. way. No, for sure. And, and that one, that one will be worse than Snaps. But Snaps' death really pissed me off. I almost said a few choice words in the movie theater with people around me because of that one.
1: Snaps is worse because of the connection we built up. I don't think killing Nia Nub is is the worst one for me. That by far is Akbar. I mean that's that's by far with with the little bit of the. I mean you get a little bit of each of them mm. in the movie, and I think Akbar has a bit more. A bit more to him he's more cult popular and i think you see some more about him
0: yeah in, akbar, akbar is pop it, I, mean, I don't in, i don't know if books, he really but... deserved a huge stopping in the movie
1: to me akbar should have been holdo that's what it should have been the akbar maneuver <clears throat> that would have been i would have been like yes well played admiral akbar thank you for your sacrifice <clears throat> slow clap <clears throat> that's that <clears throat> they didn't need didn't need holdo didn't need holdo akbar ackbar that's how that man would have gone out sucked into space that was just to see leia float through space Uh, number 16 final question uh favorite cast member mike
0: Uh, i'm gonna go with carrie fisher um just such a bright light um second to me on this is is mark hamill uh, and all the work that he's done um for star wars and, and kind of um, embracing being luke skywalker because you see some people just like oh i don't i don't like the trilogy i don't like all this you know star wars stuff but you know mark hamill uh and carrie fisher both um pushing it. but it can, i mean carrie fisher was just such a, a light every time she walked into the room is full of tremendous stories from the set uh and about her castmates so uh i went with carrie
1: and for me it's it is mark hamill because of how he is embraced uh, the, the the genre, the series, the universe, and because so many others didn't do that. So um, that's, I really appreciate Mark Hamill and some of the stuff that he's done since and answering questions and how he interacts with people and, and how he keeps pushing that forward. So he's for me. I think next would, would probably be Ewan McGregor's. I think he also is someone who like really enjoys the universe mm-hmm. and the part and, and mm-hmm. accepts that yeah, really well too, uh, which Alec Guinness did not. Uh, but uh Mark Hamill for me, Blaine.
2: Yeah, I went with my childhood here and I grew up as a fan of a lot of different stuff. So seeing Frank Oz make an appearance in Star Wars was huge for me. I I was a a big time Muppets fan growing up and everything else. Still am a huge Muppets fan. Like I'll geek out over Muppets any day. But so Frank Oz being part of so many of my favorite childhood things, because just one of the iconic voice actors of all time and just him being in Star Wars, I know he was Yoda. I don't know if he had any other big roles. I haven't done the, nothing done to look, but I mean, he brought one of the most iconic puppets of all time to, to life, and that's just, you can't underrate that one at all.
1: All right, well, there's all the questions. Uh, pretty good, good answers. I enjoyed that. Uh, next, a special number seventeen that we're just answering for the first time. Your least favorite special edition. Change and I'm gonna I'm gonna take one off the table because I think the easy one is Han shot first. That that's just the kind of cult everyone hates that. So mm-hmm. we're gonna take Han shot first off the table. It's like uh, of course. So that aside, your least favorite special edition
0: change, Mike. So I insisted on this question, and it's because I was rewatching A New Hope, and after Han shot first which, I mean, I, I hate that change, but it doesn't really necessarily bother me except for the McClunky or whatever that is that they added a few <laughs> months ago. But then there's the scene that they added back in of Han talking to Jabba. And that scene drives me nuts because it literally repeats the same dialogue that we just heard Han <laughs> tell to greet him. But it's added with really really bad special effects in order to affect it because at the time it was filled han solo just went around the back of a guy with a big coat he did not step on someone's tail so they literally like like the same kind of graphic quality that i have with like right now on zoom where like you can see like like different shapes and colors happening they do that with han so that he can like float up and step on his body it doesn't do any service it doesn't give you any information other than Han telling Jabba you're a wonderful human being it's it's great to watch it nowadays and I can't get past like it 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 bothers me more nowadays than Han shot first
1: and just throwing in Boba Fett again right there just uh, oh yeah they CG
0: Boba Fett Boba Fett in a terrible way none of it works
1: that one that one is not high up for me just because I they did actually film part of it it was cut so that's that's why that one doesn't take it for me For me there's a there's a tie for for number one what i talked about today on twitter that prompted this question is i hate the dance scene from Jabba's den just just adding that in it's i just find it kind of stupid even my wife was like wait that's that's cgi and it's really bad isn't it And i'm like "Uh, i don't even started um but but i i hate that that dance scene and then in general and this really stands out when they're going into moss isley In in a new hope they cgi people in in front of the characters so if this was a regular movie and you were following like the speeder you wouldn't just have like a giant gundark or something walk in front of the and just completely block all you're seeing is dinosaur haunch right there just just going through like just random people and characters cgi'd in front of the characters as they're walking if it had been at a different angle Maybe like sort of a an above diagonal sort of looking in, then you could have them intermingled within this busy scene. But I just and it happened in other movies too, but particularly there on Tatooine is where it really got just stands out and made me start seeing it and everything else was CGIing people in front of what was going on, and I just found that very distracting. I did not like it at all.
2: Blame yeah. For me, basically every change made to Return of the Jedi was completely awful. Oh yeah, like, I miss yeah. the the dance, the dance scene is bad the the musical number is bad the sarlacc pit is probably my number Mm. one most hated one yeah the the weird the weird screeching noise which i distinctly remember from the old 60s johnny quest cartoon like they they ripped that sound effect right there um you don't mean the Wilhelm
1: scream you just mean what the sarlacc did
2: the sarlacc scream okay okay like yeah it's like ripped from one of the pterodactyls from the johnny (laughs) quest (laughs) opening number like it's it's bad um (laughs) Yubnub got changed at one point. Uh, I yeah. do know that one's there. Mm-hmm. That like that I know has been one of the top most hated ones. And then it was really noticeable there that they started changing up who they superimposed at the end when the force ghosts come in. Yeah, Sebastian so Shaw taken that, out. Yeah. Yeah, that one was there. Like there were just a lot of little changes like that that really bothered me. Yeah. Um And I know, Reed, you're a fan of Machete Order. The other one that really gets me is putting Ian McDermott into Episode 5. I mean, the the whole point of Machete Order is to not reveal the two big spoilers ahead of time. And that's that Darth Vader is Luke's father. And then you immediately jump to the prequels and start with Episode 2 and just avoid one altogether. And then you find out that Ian McDermott is... Uh, becomes the emperor and that story arc is really good but it's ruined when you've seen return of the jedi when you superimpose his face into episode five you've now spoiled that one before you get there and it really breaks machete order
1: that's why kids you look for the despecialized edition of Wars. and
2: i was gonna say we this question came up when you guys were talking to me on twitter and i think i had to figure it up. it's been 15 years since i've watched the special editions so I don't even know all the newest changes that are out there. I know um, Disney plus has the newest editions yeah. and all that I watched today. Yeah. I have avoided buying them on Blu-ray because I cannot get the original versions. I still have, and I cherish those discs and I treat them with the utmost respect because I got the laser disc ripped to DVD that has the last known printed copy or the only printed copy on DVD that gave you the original theatrical releases I think the only change they allowed in that one was changing the title crawl for episode four to actually include episode four instead of being yeah, that's just fun. star wars
1: mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff i'm okay with like even even vader i know we don't like the no from from uh the prequels but when vader says no at the end and return of the jedi before he throws it like the emperor's shocking look he's like
2: no no and he throws me i'm like you
1: know what yeah, i'm okay with that that's that's fine yeah. some of that stuff i mean,
2: so. And, and honestly, there's some I like. What, do you, what are your favorite ones that you guys have?
1: Uh, I, I'm okay with them sort of artificially increasing the number of starfighters that go into mm-hmm. the, the trench run. I mean, they say mm-hmm. in the movie, there are 30 rebel snub fighters coming in, yada, yada, yada. It's, it's nice to see a more robust fleet. I'm okay um, with, again, the, the Vader saying no right there. I, I think that does add a little bit to what's going on. So some of that stuff has been okay with me. Uh, again, adding more TIE fighters into the final battle in Return of the Jedi. I mean, that's supposed to be this huge wave of stuff. And so I think that mm-hmm. helps a lot. Improving the explosions of Alderaan and the Death Star. That's I think that's a mm-hmm. good addition. They do look kind of, kind of weak, what you might expect for something like that. So um, some of those things I think have been okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I do like the Trench run. I, I will be honest. I actually like the fact that they put Ian um McDermott as the Emperor in Episode 5, just to have the continuity. Because um, I, I don't think it's much of a surprise at all, regardless of, of what you watch. Medea um, Victorment is the Emperor. So it doesn't really matter. I, I kind of like the fact that it's continuity. I actually don't mind that it's Hayden Christensen at the end. I, I know that gets debated up and down. Um, but I think, especially with the way the canon has developed around Vader where vader just calls anakin the jedi and leaves him the idea that he kind of went back to being anakin at that point um it, it's it's okay i don't mind it oh yeah uh,
1: i'd agree with that yeah it's not it's not my most hated one
0: um yeah i mean a lot the problem is, in general is like i don't know like i mean some of the changes like reed mentioned like oh that's fine but i don't know i necessarily needed
1: a lot of those yeah changes. Yeah. yeah i i agree the, the emperor it's not I don't like it because I do feel like it has an impact on some of that reveal. He is at least old in their credit. It's the pre lightning scarred up emperor. So they're, especially if you show it to younger kids, they may not necessarily pick up on it immediately. I would have preferred if they were going to make it, not an ape with weird googly eyes or whatever it was originally. Yeah. Um, that maybe if it had been a bit more blurred or a bit more hooded or something like that, to still hide that. But of course they're clearly, they're not thinking of a machete order when they're making these changes back then. That was yeah. just a fun little thing. So
2: yeah. So my, that. My, favorite, my favorite change was just aesthetics, but when they redid all the cloud city outdoor areas, yeah just got rid of the orange sky with the the blue with white clouds. I mean that just that really opened it up. it looks so much better and it was just technology they didn't have back at the time to really get that to look the way they wanted it to and look real so like that's one of my favorites it really does change kind of the tone of that those scenes but it works and they kept the orange at the more hectic times when they needed it but yeah that that's just my personal favorite
1: All right fun special edition that's uh <laughs> interesting. Interesting things right there. Uh, Our final segment of the show... uh, We're floating right around an hour, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Our final segment of the show is The Mandalorian, which we love and could easily talk an hour about The Mandalorian, (laughs) which is the best thing to happen to Star Wars uh, in the Disney era, period. Um, But we're going to talk about the characters. Maybe not all of them, but some of the biggest characters in The Mandalorian and if they have MLS counterparts. And, of course, the first one we're going to start with is the mandalorian the i guess here we call him the reluctant hero what's what's the best way to categorize the mandalorian when trying to find an mls counterpart mike
0: um you know to to me i think it's someone who's you know doesn't want to show his face doesn't want to be stand, stand out in a crowd just wants to kind of do his own thing follow his own thing if he sticks out it's because he is who he is um, but ultimately, he wants to hide behind that mask. Um, so when I was thinking about people who are hiding behind the mask, who are kind of doing their kind of stuff in the shadows, uh, I'm gonna go with James Ballow. He's in the shadow behind the mask, <laughs>
2: <That's good. laughs> telling
0: us things on Discord. Uh, maybe he shouldn't be should be telling us. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with James Ballo.
2: That's good, Blaine. Yeah. Um, so Mandalorian, kind of one of those the good guy, really good at what he does, but doesn't like taking a lot of credit. You know, he's coming in business as usual and just doesn't want the spotlight on him, but you know, he's excellent. Um, This for me was Chris Wondolowski. I mean, he is a guy that we don't see making the headlines. He's not a big talker all the time, but on the field, his play speaks for itself. The longevity he's had, everything about him just screams Mandalorian to me. He's got clinical, just all the records he's got, just one of those guys. And, you don't see him up there tooting his own horn. He's not up there trying to prove it or tell everybody he's the best. He lets his play show it.
1: That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, uh, this was this was tough for me. So, I was looking at this more from the point of view of, uh, like I would say, sort of this warrior. Turned good, is what it was. So I, I like, I like where you guys are coming from, but, but the, the big thing I was doing was this, was this warrior turned good, and I ultimately sort of set, settled, on, like Alan Gordon, uh, being part of the Bash <laughs> Brothers at San Jose, just big come in, get it done, and then, and then he left that, and, and uh, sort of kind of became super i mean i mean Stephen lanhart too i mean both of those guys kind of i think fit this mold they had this big brawler sort of sort of personality and then faded a bit more into the shadows after that still had some viability coming in with there um but uh that was what it was alan gordon was who i was going for originally i like james though that's that's a mm. great shout out. That was really right nice, Right there. Yes, yes. No, I appreciate that. Um who who should be the next one? Well, let's just go with the next pairing and go
0: with Kara Dune, Mike. All right. So um to me Kara Dune is kinda um your prototypical just in, enforcer. Um is gonna be there, gonna make sure no one gets takes any kind of shit. Um, is gonna you know lays out the plan um i, I kind of have her as michael bradley just kind of being in there trying okay. to be an enforcer in the midfield we really kind of like laying out tactical plans um has probably a future in tactics and leadership so that i'm, I'm gonna go with michael bradley mm, that's a good one blaine yeah i went
2: along the same lines but bradley's not the character that i really look at to dish out the damage um, and so that's why I went with uh, Kyle Beckerman, uh, league Ooh. leader in yellow cards. Mm. Like when, when it comes down, and Ozzy Alonzo was a close second on this one, but Beckerman has the lead, is the league leader in yellow cards all time. So he gets the nod there because, you know, when, when push comes to shove, if you're going to go to a fight, I'm not taking Michael Bradley. I'm taking Kyle Beckerman. Like if there's going to be a brawl on the pitch, I don't want Michael Bradley behind me. I want Beckerman fighting for me. Because I know when it comes to it, he can actually take people out, and I don't. I don't see that in Bradley, and I, thats what I see in Cara Dune. She's that. She's that character. She's not always looking for a fight, but she enjoys it, and and that's Beckerman. Beckerman's not always looking for it, but oh, if he gets his chance, he's gonna lay one into somebody, and just he's gonna enjoy every minute of it.
1: I like that. No, I was I was in the same vein as you because for me, I said Ozzy Alonso, and, and I was looking from that enforcer point of view so um no i i like that one i like that one uh let's see here Mm, who should we go with next let's go with grief carga also known as carl weathers grief car mike
0: oh so um grief carga is kind of like a manager who takes credit for a lot of stuff that he doesn't do um but he's not necessarily all that competent is that, is that, is that, is I, that no what i'm i was
1: on i was on the same pathway so i can go with that
0: uh-huh yeah um so th- there there's a lot of ways that that you can go with this uh I, i'm gonna go with adrian heath just off of the past season um I don't think he had much to do with the fact that his team was successful this year. I don't think he has much to do with any success. I think he's kind of bumbling. So that's where I went.
1: (laughs) I was on a similar point of view. So what I picked up on from grief Karga was he was there to lead the team. He Has some, I guess, history of success. He he has a reputation of what people are coming to him for leadership. So he has this history of success, gets everyone, ends up getting everyone together to rally around to try to get the goal, to get the prize, to get the cup, to get the Mandalorian, and then it all just goes to crap around him, and he ends up just not being very well. So I went with Brad Friedel with this. comes in gets the revolution tries to get it all going has some pieces of competent people you're
0: about to say bob bradley with that <laughs> no no i did not i did not brad friedel because it all
1: just collapsed around him and and there it goes uh so so yeah there i would brad friedel uh blaine
2: yeah i'm thinking along the same lines as you read i i see him as a like a former bounty hunter who was actually pretty good and just got old, retired, and promoted up the ranks, and now he's trying to get a share in the profit. So everybody looks up to him because he's, he used to be a good one, and now he's, he he can get in touch with the right contacts and get everything, but everything falls apart at the end. Um, and for me, this was Ben Olsen. Just former player, did okay, yeah. great great player, yeah. but as a manager, he's done that, but he never gets displaced. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, grief is... Like, he should be thrown out after that, but he's still in charge of the the guild in his city. Uh, everything. He's begging for help at the end because he knows he needs it. Like it just nobody replaces him. Nobody thinks to dislodge him because he's the actual problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just so. So Ben Olsen was grief for me.
1: I like it. All right, here's this one should be fun. Maybe you've been waiting for it. Kuil the Ugnot. This is the way.
0: Well I mean kuil Yugnot is is just about I have spoken, I have spoken. Um, doesn't really listen to a whole lot you know of, of opposing opinions, just kind of says that and that's it. Um I'm gonna go with Matt Doyle. Yes yes. <laughs> yes. agree. agree. this is
1: this is sure. Matt Doyle. Uh, I have spoken. There it is. yes. <laughs> Matt Doyle is Kuil. 100% agree. Blaine, any any disagreement there.
2: No, you can't disagree with that. So let's do a player and a manager for it too because oh, you can see no. let, let's let's just give cuz this is honestly one of my favorite characters from the main okay, okay. Just the way he was written. And so I went player and manager before I went personality. Okay, I've an uh, manager, easy player,
1: easy player for me. Yeah, Go ahead.
2: Manager I went with Peter Vermes. Doesn't take crap from anybody. His word is law and you just don't mess with him. Um and then for player, uh, kind of that same guy, I went with Chad Marshall Just you know he's really good at it. he's not the most outspoken, but when he speaks everybody listens.
1: So for me, oh gosh uh, I don't know I don't know about I guess I guess I can go for manager
0: to me it's Bruce um, Bruce Arena. Just like this is what it is. I'm gonna drink a bottle of champagne while <laughs> I really don't care. I've spoken. That's it. If, oh, I, yeah. if, I, if I deign to speak, it's great. Uh, kind of along the same lines and stay in the Los Angeles Galaxy family. Um, if we're talking about players who speak, Zlatan. Yes. No. <laughs> that was my easy player. Yes. I have spoken. Zlatan. i uh, Zlatan. Is, I mean, the, the only difference would be he says, Zlatan has spoken. So yes. Zlatan has spoken.
1: Really okay. Uh, okay. Let's go. I did my I did my quotes wrong. He was, of course. Uh, i have spoken this is the way is the Let's. Who who is who is the armorer now, i'll start this one because i i don't know if this is cheating or not but i went with an organization mindset when i think of who from mls embodies the armorer and it doesn't always work but for me it was it was the red bulls is the armor because it was like it's a it's a two 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 high press this is the way two 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 hyper this is the way that was that was it this is the way so so that's kind of i would the red bulls immediately jumps out into my mind it's like this is the way this is how we play this is it this is it but top down yeah
0: I, I think that's pretty well i mean i would also you could also throw out the other side of new york kind of on the same line like we're gonna do uh pa, you know pass out of the back this is the way we don't really care if you're good at it you're passing out of the back regardless but uh red bulls are a good shot too
2: I didn't get a chance to really think about the armor. And today to oh, that's have fine. one. So
1: that is totally fine. Uh, let's see here next. Mm, let's go with Moth Gideon. Let me see near, near the end.
0: Uh, you know, I, I'm for, for Moth Gideon, I, I'm going to go with Bob Bradley. He seems to have all the toys, all the advantages, and yet somehow he doesn't manage to get it done in the end. Like, I mean, your dude pretty much had the baby and you lost it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm going to go with Bob Bradley.
2: I mean, just to further hammer that one home, because Bradley's definitely a good candidate. Bradley came in with the expansion club, Chicago Fire, and won it all. And that's where Bradley made a name for himself. And you got to think, Moff Gideon made a name for himself somewhere. We don't know where it is. But he had that one brilliant moment of success (laughs) and then disappeared. Or never could live up to it again and just but everybody's so intimidated and so impressed by that one moment that they've let everything else go
1: so for me this is where i was thinking bruce arena because i feel like bruce arena sort of has this kind of villain vibe to him in in some ways and so and again he's he's the one with the toys he's the one with the money he's the one with the men that he can just throw out there and, and do all the stuff and so uh that that's where i was thinking with with moff gideon was more more bruce arena and in, in that sense so so there we go with that one uh let's see here those are most of the main characters okay, i think read, without, without getting to well no there's still one. one i'm there just one. i'm just checking i guess okay there are two so i could do uh you're talking about the client Blaine, is that who you no, want?
2: I was gonna I was gonna do it one in two parts. Um, IG eleven before the reprogram. Okay, okay and after the reprogram. Okay, IG eleven, go ahead. Uh, oh, crap, I just had it and I lost it. Uh, before the reprogram was Aurelian Colin. Okay. Old school <laughs> name. But he was a guy that I mean he, you know what he's done. He's a he's an assassin. Colin was a heavy hitter, but at that moment I will, I will self-destruct now. And that was Colin. I mean, he was just ready for a red card. I will self-destruct. So not only was he really good at what he did, he also had that brief moment of I'm going to self-destruct right now. And, and he, you never lost it. I guess oh, I could go, go with Kendall with, Waston
0: then with, I, yeah. yeah, I was gonna go with Felipe Martin's kind yeah. <laughs> oh, <pizza. that's> <laughs> <laughs> like of like <laughs>
1: That was pretty good. I didn't think about him. I thought you were gonna say the client, but we won't we won't go go with Werner Herzog. I don't I don't know if there's a great one there. So before we get to the child, is there anyone else who you guys wanna have a likening to before we get to the child? I, I'm gonna throw in one. The the wise cracking storm well the wisecracking stormtroopers uh before the assault
0: you know i was thinking about them um this this morning i was like i don't want to say it but the thought comes to mind of wandolowski just like blowing the shot at the wrong opportunity
1: (laughs) for me it's etr that's that's like Weeby (laughs) and doyle and goss right there they're just sort of sitting there just just talking about random stuff and then sometimes think, wait what what's going on? What's this so that's that's ETR for me. So right there
2: it's a little Homer for me, but uh Benny Fehver and Sal Zizo because they run their own podcast sure. and that's, that's, that works too that's what they that's what they do They like just they kind of go back and forth and it's just completely random whatever's on top of their head and they've added Icopara into that too but it's Benny and Sal that are the two big names yeah. that started that.
1: Uh, it definitely gets a bit more single episode from here. I mean, any of those bounty hunters that are, or the the scoundrels that we have when they're doing the the jailbreak and those are some great characters right there, like Bill Burr and everything. Those those are some fantastic characters. Um, Finnick Shand is is also great. That that character, uh, the assassin, that's that's played by uh, ming Win. That's that's a good one. But I think those are kind of one offs, not mm, not so much to go with. So I guess we'll get to it right now. Who is the child? Baby Yoda, Mike.
0: All right. So the child, I, I thought, were was, was typified by first thing, When it came on the scene, everyone instantly loved it. Um, and the other thing is that occasionally it does, like, tremendous things. And then otherwise, it's like, well, that's kind of annoying. Why are you doing, like, that's not what you're supposed to do. Or you you should do the magic hand thing. Why aren't you doing it all the time? <laughs> and I can only think of one person that really fit this. Okay jordan moore oh yes <laughs> yes like the fresh Face <laughs> kid they was like oh my god this is the best thing ever yes i love jordan Morris. and then like disappear would do would do the magic Can thing and then all of a sudden every now and then he's like i'm gonna score three goals in this game and like get a cup like where did that come from
2: <laughs> so mine was a little more specific than that because it wasn't just a player it's the Giassi's artist first touch
1: of course and you're gonna mention jossie's
2: artist but no seriously like Jassy Zardes, the magic hands thing. Um, anytime he puts a first touch into the goal, that's the magic hands coming off. Anytime he's out in the field and he's not shooting it, the first touch is just non-existent. Like, you get you get both sides of it. And nobody understands why, I mean, just, I love him, but I hear it all the time with national team stuff. Like, why is Zardes there? Why is he there? Well, because he's got the magic hands every once in a while.
1: Uh, I was right there with you, Mike. I was thinking Jordan Morris, um, I also threw in there like that young, small thing that needed to be protected. And of course he had an early injury and stuff as well when he, when he came on. So, uh, Mm. that, yeah, no, I was right there with you. It's hard to think of, I mean, there've been some great young players who have gone on, but then to sort of be a cornerstone like that, uh, I I think, no, I think that's a great pick. And he's also green and the Sounders are green and and so all that works too. So yes, fantastic picks right there uh all right well that's all that we have for tonight went a little bit over not not too much i hope everybody had fun uh some final thoughts before we leave uh wrapping up may the fourth mike
0: um just that uh you know there's so much star wars there um there's a great story to inspire you somewhere along the way whether it's books comics movies tv shows um i think it's something that everyone can kind of find you know their own little niche and something they're part of star wars that they like and come together uh and it's a great way to kind of have conversation um outside you know the the dull of the world or you know the chaos that's going on outside right now so um stay home and enjoy some star wars tonight blaine
2: yeah just really this has been one of the big cornerstones of my life just building on star wars talking star wars um, doing everything Star Wars and just it's great to be able to share this with everybody here it is really a fun community to be in and a great escape from reality sometimes because there, there is so much and even though we disagree on certain things and may even really fight about certain things um, it's all in fun it's all in good nature and you learn something every time you fight with somebody over these things because it, it's stupid little stuff like me saying I'm a, I am would be a gray Jedi if anything like that that passive middle of the road thing like there's good and bad on it all sides of it and it's just it's really fun to explore that with a group and really see how people think and just share that with everybody so yeah really get involved in something in the star wars community if you haven't um and there's stuff from all age groups they're making shows for kids under seven now and then the clone wars is out there that's uh, got a whole lot for adults but it can be really accessible for kids in 30 minute chunks or 25 minute chunks and there's the, there's the novels, there's the old EU, the new EU, um, there's the old EU that was designed and developed just for kids. I think there's some new Jedi order that was specifically tailored toward towards young adults to read. So I mean, there really is something for every age group and for the parents out there like me, there's stuff to share with your kids. And with each iteration, they're adding more to kind of appeal to every group. Um, I know I bashed on him a little bit, but it, but it was really fun to have Finn being the black stormtrooper that came over and really see one of those prominent characters be from a minority and then give your your Jedi lead, be Rey, uh, as a female in this one, and get to explore that. So they are trying to give something for everybody, and that's nice to see.
1: Uh, you guys have said it very well. Uh, I just appreciate everyone who did join us tonight. Uh, I know we're not talking st- soccer, and so we didn't have quite as many people. But uh, again, our, our big... Goal right now is just to provide some content for people to have fun and so we may not get as many listeners tonight uh, or you may not have enjoyed the tweeting of star wars out today but it's it's just for fun and that's what we're doing and again yeah for me star wars has been uh just something i've loved ever since i was young Uh, i love these immersive worlds and so it's not just star trek lord of the rings has been great star trek has been great as well uh going on to other graphic novels elf quest when i was young and and as an adult the the cs force novels of horatio hornblower these these worlds and these characters that really span out and and spark the creativity that i think it's so important for a lot of people and a lot of kids especially and it, and even more so when crazy things are happening that it, it's nice to have some of these worlds of fantasy and creativity which which are just fun good escape and that's what we were trying to tonight uh that it is fun to argue about something that is so inconsequential as well uh that you don't have to feel is someone's wrong and they're going to destroy society from its foundations it's just like we disagree about this and it's fun to argue because it's doesn't matter and we know that coming into it, that it doesn't matter and it's fun. So I hope you enjoyed the content. I hope you enjoyed the questions. Uh, if you have your own answers, would love to hear them. This is on Twitter. Please go out there and uh, respond. Let us know what you think. Uh, and let us know what you want to hear next week when we get back to soccer with Hope. We're coming around the corner. I know we're, we are playing for our best MLS fantasy of all time team as our final suspension episode. So we're trying to time that right. So that is still in the works, but we just want to just the timing. So let us know what you want to hear. Excuse me. Let us know what you want to hear. That was crazy. And um, we will get that out for you to just keep having fun. So thank you so much for listening and good luck.